You're listening to the FSA Podcast with your host, Brent Cromer. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the FSA Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Cromer. Guys, I just got hit with an objection that I despise. I want to talk to you guys about what that objection is and why I despise it more than any other objection in the entire world. Now, typically, I I like objections. Like, I genuinely do because I like helping people kind of cross that river or that bridge in their life to get to the other side because the other side usually holds something that that they want, that they're after, that, you know, it's like their big time goal, right? I enjoy that. I, I think that's a really rewarding part of sales. I, I think a lot of people stray away from it uh, because it's challenging. But again, uh, we I think we all own businesses or we're in sales because we like a challenge. So don't uh, stray away from that. But this one, guys, this objection burns me, okay? And it's the I'm too busy objection. I'm so busy. There, There's... If there's a financial objection, if there's, you know, that component to it, I'm okay with that. If there's a spouse, I, I, I could see that. Uh, if you're fearful, I get that. I get that. But if you're too busy as a business owner, if you use that line, I'm too busy. Oh, man. It just lacks pure congruency, in my opinion. Right? And I use that word a lot, congruency. Uh, so, so just to give you the context as to, like, what congruence actually is, um, congruence is, is, is really just the alignment and compatibility in your decision-making. So if we break that down like a few different ways, right? In your personal life, if you um, make decisions based on your belief system, right? Based on your morals, that would be personal congruence. So if your morals are to be a good husband, uh, you would act in congruence with not cheating on your wife. You don't cheat on your wife because you make decisions that are congruent with being a responsible, good husband who has morals. Um, you, you, if we're talking religious uh, congruence, okay, maybe you don't smack somebody in the head that you really want to at work one day uh, because it's an act of violence that's not in congruence with maybe your religion. Uh, another one, business. This one's most important, guys. Business, it's your core values. It's your mission statement. If your core values are to help people break free from fad diets that have left them gaining more weight, feeling depressed, having low self-confidence and body image and things like that, if you're uh, you know, on like the behavioral uh, health side of things or the mindset or the life coaching, if, if you stand for something or more importantly against something, you should act in congruence with that in your marketing and in your coaching right? If you stand against fad diets, your coaching should reflect that. Your marketing should reflect that. Now, I know this seems extremely obvious, and, and it should be. So you, you should have a pretty good grasp as to, as to what congruence is and why it's so important. So the, the reason I take the time to kind of explain what congruence is, is because I don't know personally, maybe, it exi- maybe they exist. I don't know one person, one business mentor, one idol or athlete, or anyone even moderately successful in a position that I want to be in that is not congruent in their decision-making. Because with congruence comes discipline, right? You have to have discipline to act in congruence. Like one has to come before the other. So if, if I'm a fitness coach, it would be congruent of me to have a normal workout regimen 
and to eat healthy, right? So it takes discipline to get up in the morning, to go to the gym, to do the things that are congruent with being who you are and what you preach. It's practicing what you preach if we're going to put it in simple terms, okay? And I don't know one person outside of just sheer luck of like winning the lottery or something like that, that is successful and where they want to be in life that does not have discipline and does not make decisions that are congruent with where they want to be. It just, it, it's impossible. It just doesn't make sense on how they would like wind up there blindly. Okay. So when a business owner tells me that they're too busy, it makes me want to just jump out and say, you know, are you, are you kidding me? You think you're the first busy business owner in the entire world, but I can't say that. And, and you can't say that, right? When you hear a client say, I want to get in shape. I'm just too busy to track calories or I, I want to make changes in my life. I'm just too busy to, to form the habits that would do so, right? I want to, I really do, but just not in the cards right now. Got a lot going on. You know, softball started back up for my kids and you know how it is, right? We want to jump on that. Uh, at least I do. But we can't. We have to take a, a deep breath. Ah, just breathe, breathe. And then just clarify. Okay, when you say you're too busy, uh, how, how do you mean exactly? We always have to clarify these objections as much as we want to jump on them. As much as we think we know what the objection is, we have to clarify first. No matter how much emotion and frustration we may be feeling on our side. Because maybe, maybe they are too busy this week. Maybe they just had a funeral and they're dealing with a lot of things that are going on this week. That's okay. I get that. You know, we can take the steps, get set up and, you know, uh, push everything out a week or two. I get that. But if it's like a perpetual thing, if it's a lifestyle thing, right, where I'm just so busy all the time that I can't do anything to get in shape or to change my life or to stop doing these bad habits or to stop, uh, you know, <laughs> cheating on this hypothetical wife. Okay. I don't, I do not do that, but for the context of this podcast, right in order to make change, it takes change. You have to do things differently. And if you are perpetually busy, too busy to make changes and adapt habits, it'll never happen. Right. But now I want to tell you guys, if, if you're doing this as a consumer, then there's a very high likelihood that you're actually producing these on your sales calls. Now, I'm going to shift things a little bit here, and you guys might not like this, okay? But the objection that you give the most often will be the one that you receive the most often. Take that in. Let it, let it kind of marinate. The, the objection that you give the most often will be the one you receive the most often. If you give consistent spousal objections, you're going to get more spousal objections and it's going to be 10 times harder to overcome them because it makes sense to you. It's congruent with your belief system, right? So it's, it's not very difficult for me to overcome the I'm too busy objection because I just, I cannot relate to it. So there are five reasons, guys, five. That's a lot. There are five reasons that I could come up with that make it harder for you as a salesperson or as a business coach or an, a business owner, any type of coach, there are five reasons that make it more difficult for you to sell somebody who gives the same objections that you give, okay? Number one, it's this concept, cognitive dissonance, okay? So if you frequently give objections as a consumer, you're going to believe that it's valid. It is true to you. 
Okay. So like in your reality, it is, it is relevant. It is true. So when you try to overcome that same objection, you're going to experience that cognitive dissonance, right? Which is basically just tension between two contradictory beliefs, right? You believe this, but you act in this way. So like you're, you're having this internal conflict, which makes it really, really hard for you to be convincing and to actually one, even want to address the, the objection, but two, to actually overcome it and be convincing enough in your, your uh, perspective for them to believe you. Okay. That's number one. Number two is lack of authority. People are really, really good at picking up on insincere people. I think the internet's made us all become really good at that. So if you don't believe in your side of, well, you know, the objection, I don't want to call it an argument, right? But if you don't believe in, in your stance on the objection, it's going to make it extremely hard for you to convince someone else to believe that if you do not believe it yourself, okay? So again, I like giving fitness references. Let's say you're talking to a client who hates tracking and you're like, I don't track. So it's really hard for me to sell someone on the idea of tracking their macros when I don't even like doing it. So they're going to pick up on that lack of authenticity if you're not doing it in your own personal life, right? You're going to give away these subtle signs that they can pick up on. People are smarter than you think. You, you can take the, the lowest IQ in the room and they can still pick up on social cues, okay? Number three, projection of those personal beliefs. So very like I want to piggyback off of that. You may be projecting, you know, subconsciously projecting your own beliefs and biases onto the client. So if you consistently have to run everything past your spouse, you may be again unconsciously projecting that onto the consumer and they might give you a spousal objection. Okay? Maybe it's like little things that they picked up on throughout the conversation. Um, you know, maybe when they give you that objection, hey, you just got to run it past my spouse. It's like, hey, yeah, I do too, all the time. Um, so it becomes really hard because you're not really, you don't have the leverage or the positioning to take a stance on that, right? And when you have that poor leverage in objection handling, you're going to have, number four, reduced confidence. You're not going to have the same amount of confidence to overcome that objection because you've not overcome that objection by yourself. Think about this one. If you give the I'm too busy objection all the time, or you've given it in the past, I'm so busy, well, you're not going to have the, com you, you've not been able to overcome that objection for yourself. So how can you help someone else cross that line? You're not going to have the confidence to. And again, it kind of piggybacks off of the, the lack of authenticity as well. It's kind of all encompassing. You're not going to have the confidence to do it. And you, you may not even have the courage to initiate the objection handling, to ask the questions that are needed, to give the perspective shift that, that would be required, you might not even want to go down that path because you, quote unquote, understand where they're coming from, right? And while understanding the, 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 the prospect is good, understanding in terms of like agreeing with their decision, you can't really get them to take a step in a new direction if you wouldn't take that step yourself. So this coach that said, I'm too busy, I'm so busy, how hard do you think it would be for, for said coach to overcome that objection the next time a client says, hey man, I would love to work with you, I'm just really busy right now. In his mind, he's going to be saying, yeah, I get that, I'm, I'm busy myself, just had to say that to someone. And 
it's just like psychologically almost impossible to overcome that objection. Which takes us to our very last one, number five, guys. Uh, Again, there's a lot of reasons why this is this is a very very poor um, practice, right? And it can have detrimental uh, effects on your sales and your business. It produces confirmation bias. Okay, so again, you're going to be biased in their objection. You're going to see it as valid. You're going to probably agree with it. Okay. So confirmation bias is, is basically um, you, you're going to be a little bit more sympathetic and we're not there to be their friend. Okay. I know that sounds weird. And I gave this, this reference to um, our students the other day in, in a coaching call. Would you would you tell your friend, your best friend, you guys are out at the bar, the club, you know, you guys are, you guys are, let's take it back, right? You guys are in the dating scene, you know, if you're not, uh, and your, your friend has something in their teeth or they have really bad breath. You don't want to be the one to tell them that, but would you? I hope so. Because while it's embarrassing and maybe a little bit uncomfortable, they're going to thank you for having that conversation with them because they can make a change. They can fix it. They can pop some gum in their mouth and go on with their night and not be embarrassed when they walk up to a guy or a girl and they have bad breath, right? So they're going to appreciate it as much as you don't want to tell them, yo, (laughs) your breath kind of smells, right? I know it's a funny um, example there, but you don't have that same ability to tell someone when they're not doing something in their best interest or when they should change something to be in their best interest because you're not doing it yourself, okay? So those are the five reasons why congruence is one of the most important concepts in being a successful business owner and why it's literally, in my opinion, impossible to get anywhere you want in life without discipline and congruence. So again, last time, the objections that you give the most will be the ones that you receive the most, okay? I think the the um, biblical way of saying it is the more you give, the more you shall receive. So being a better salesperson and business owner starts with being more congruent in your own uh, life and your own decisions. Hope this helps, guys. Uh, I wish you guys all the best. I hope you guys are closing deals. I hope you guys are smashing it. It seems like sales are really picking up, you know, over the summer. Uh, you know, things can sometimes be a little up and down. Uh, for a lot of coaches, just from from kind of what I observe across the big board, but things are really picking up, and I, I hope you guys are all experiencing that same kind of growth right now. And if you're not, um, you know, d- d- this is one of the hottest times in the year uh, historically, from what I see. Heading into the holidays, people are ready to buy, they're ready to make change, they're ready to be a better person. Um, so don't miss that boat if you guys want to close more deals. Uh, we are launching our sustainable growth model this week. It is just nothing short of what I believe, you know, to be incredible in my own congruence, in my own life, in my own business. Um, it is, I've created a model that's in pure and utter congruence to what I live every single day. And that's, um, being profitable in your business, being efficient in your business, growing a small team that's very manageable and then practicing and, uh, contributing to long-term wealth. It's all things that are like the four pillars of how I structure my life and my business. And, and I want to give that to you guys. And so we created the sustainable growth model showing you guys exactly how to make that happen and how it's afforded me um, a lifestyle that honestly um, I, I can only dream of. You know, I think, I think, uh, I thank God every single day 
um, that we made this possible. So I want to forward that to other business owners because I know there are a lot of people that could use that in their life. If you're interested in learning more about the new sustainable growth model, uh, DM me on whatever platform, email me, whatever it is, SGM, sustainable growth model, SGM. If you DM me that, I'll go ahead and send you a little bit more info on how we've been able to create that, uh, that systemized business that, that affords all of those, those wonderful things. Uh, with that, guys, I hope you have a wonderful day.